Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Okay. <laughs> As always, we greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus. Um, it's always great when, uh, when you're coming up to preach and the Holy Spirit just confirms all along the way exactly uh, what he's put upon your heart. And the title of what we're going to share about tonight is called uh, Blow the Trumpet in the Dark. And this, this is, it is uh, the, more, the more I was thinking about it even early on today, is that uh, the Lord had put this message on my heart. We, we shared some of it, uh, a different part of it in the Portuguese service. Um, and even as we begin to think of it, 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 it had a bigger it had a bigger meaning, but it also has a, an individual meaning as well. The meaning for the church, a meaning for us as individuals. So, so, so if, if, even as we heard uh, last week, we heard on Sunday, um, we're, coming into a time, we're coming into a time where things are going to get difficult. And for some of us, things are difficult, whether it be emotionally, whether it be physically, whether it be psychologically. But I want you to know that you can still give him a shout, you can still give him a praise, you can still blow that trumpet of worship in the dark. And uh, we'll we, we look at Gideon and we'll see the way God had given Gideon a, a, a phenomenal strategy uh, to do it, uh, where first they blow the trumpet and then from there everything begins to happen. Because if, if, even as you see in the beginning, in the beginning, the Bible says, in the beginning, God said, let there be light. It first came with the spoken word and everything else was developed as well. So let's just pray. Lord God, we bless you and adore you. We honor you and magnify you, God. I pray, Lord, even as we share tonight, oh God, speak to our hearts, speak to my heart, oh God, speak through... Speak through the, the, the thoughts you've given. Speak through, God, even uh, through your Holy Spirit into every single heart. For those who hear that, they'll be encouraged, that they'll be lifted to know that God is with us. To know that he's given us the victory. To know that he's gone before us. To know that, there's no, that, 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 that we are never, ever outnumbered, but you are always with us. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. So if, if, if you have your Bibles, uh, we'll be reading from Judges chapter 6. So the situation as it stands uh, in, in Judges Gideon, uh, Gideon is, is, is called out, and of, of course, we, most of us are born again. Most of us are here from Sunday school, and we know the story of Gideon, a, a wonderful man called from one of the smallest tribes uh, in, in, in Israel, a call to lead. And God comes to, God, I, I, I love the thought of this, that God comes to Gideon with a simple task, a simple message, go and deliver Israel. <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 um, now, now for, for those of you who don't notice, that simple, me- that, that simple task is not simple at all. Yes. Uh, and and, and, and as I was thinking about it, it reminded me of, of the disciples running to Jesus and saying, Jesus, there's no, there's, there's no food for the people. And Jesus turns to them and says, you feed them. Yes. Again, again, John says, Jesus said that because he knew what he was going to do. Yes. And God sends you and I out into this world to feed this world knowing that we can't do it. And what he wants to hear us say the simple things, the exact same thing Gideon said. Gideon says, but God, how can I deliver Israel? I'm the least of my family. My family is the least of this tribe, and this is the smallest tribe of all. And God says, this, this, this is someone I can use. And, and, and we are going to be put in situations where when we look at it in our own strength, we can do nothing. And that's the perfect position to be in. But not just being there in a sense of, in a place of hopelessness, I can do nothing. But it's in a place where you realize you can do nothing, but you run to him who can do all things. Because he will equip us. 
He will fill us. He will give us a victory. And at the end, the glory will go to his name and not to ours. Because this is what God is trying to establish. He's trying to establish throughout the earth. He's trying to establish that the name of Jesus will be exalted above every other single name. For the glory of our God. And the name of Jesus is the name above every other name. So, so the situation is, Gideon has now been called. He's, 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 given, this, he's given the mandate to, to, to deliver. And he's standing on the eve now of this phenomenal battle. Now we know it's the eve of the battle because we know what happens at the end. But for him, he's in a situation where there's, where, where there are, there's, there's I think there's 325,000 Midianites coming out to get them. So obviously, they do the right thing. They make a call to everyone. They say, anyone and every fighting man, anyone who's able-bodied, come along. And as they do, they respond. So Gideon, Gideon, gets, Gideon counts, they tally everyone up, 32,000. They outnumbered four to one. So at this stage... We're saying, Lord, help us. Lord, give us strength so that we can get the victory over them. It's still going to be you, Lord, who multiplied us because it's only four to one. You've come and you fought. But the Lord says that's too much. And he, he says to them, those of you who want to go home, go. 22,000 leave. 10,000 is left. Depleted forces. And I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking sometimes, you know, sometimes we... We start on this journey and we've got a whole host of people with us. We've got a big tribe who are standing with us. Who are with you. I'm with you, brother Andy. Let's go, let's go, we'll do it. And then before long, some or the other, they all start whittling away. And now we're left in a situation where we less than when we started. And then God says to us again, even that that's there, Andy, is still too much. And you might be in a situation where God has called you to do something. Maybe in your family. In the beginning it was great. They were all happy that you were born again. They were all happy that you're not drinking anymore, you're not doing this. But as, as the journey is going on, all of a sudden it's becoming a little bit tougher, it's becoming a little bit harder. God is bringing us to that place where we've got to run to him again and say, Lord, I need you again. Don't be intimidated if no one's standing with you. As long as God is with you, we're in the majority. Amen? Because the reason God says to, to Gideon, he says, Gideon, the reason I want all these people away because if you'll win, You'll say you did it yourself. But I want to do something that, 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 that 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 years later, people will be speaking of the goodness of God and saying, God, it's God who did it. It's God who did it. So God eventually whittles it down to 300 men. And so now Gideon, on the eve of this, of this battle, the Lord comes to Gideon with this wonderful promise. He says to Gideon, Gideon, go down, I've given you the victory. I love this line so much, uh, what he said, I'll tell you where it is, sorry. As Pastor Nick says, I'm getting um, into his age category now. <laughs> uh, in, in, in chapter nine, uh, chapter 6, verses 9, um, that night the Lord said, get up and go down into Midian camp, Midianite camp, for I've given the victory, I've given you the victory over them. But now look at verse 10. Verse 10 says, but if you are afraid to attack with 300 Go to the camp with just one person. Okay. <laughs> now, the reason that caught me is because if you are scared when you've got 300 with you, the Lord says, leave the 300 behind and go with just one. Now, why? What, 
what, what's the one about? Because we don't need anyone else. We only need the Lord himself. Man will fail you. Everyone will fail, but he will never fail. If we go into battle with the Lord on our side, we are in the majority. You are in the majority. The Lord has placed you at that, at that work where you are working at. He's placed me at that place where he's placed me at to be the one along with him. He's going to take us into the enemy's camp and there he's given us the victory. Now you see, before anything had ever happened, before they even fought, before they even shouted, before they even raised their weapons, the Lord had told him, I've given you the victory. So if Gideon went down with the 300, they would have had the victory because the Lord gave it to him. But he says, if you're frightened, remember I'm there. I'll go with you. What did he say to Joshua? He said, Joshua, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. No man will be able to stand before you. Every place in which your foot shall tread, I have given it to you. So maybe you might be in that situation where you are absolutely isolated. And this is part of our, this is part of our Christian journey. I'd, I'd, I'd like to give you just, just a word of consolation. That this is part of our Christian journey. That place where we are isolated, where it's just us and God. Because this is a lesson that is taught to every believer. And every believer has to learn that it's only me and God. I can only rely on him. All will fail, but Jesus will never fail. He will never fail. And at the end of the day, he wants us to cling unto him. Because if we lean on anything else, we'll give glory to that thing. But when we, when we cling to him, when we cling to the work of what, of, of, of what he's done, when we cling unto Jesus, we cling unto that, 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 that magnificent cross, the victories that he's won, these become ours. And our name becomes engrafted into his name. That the glory will go to him. And, and, and when people see, when people see us, when they see the things that are being done, again, the glory will go to him. So he goes down with the one. I've always been, I've, I've always been, I've, I've always loved this. Because, because oftentimes as Christians, we are so intimidated by what the enemy says about us. We're so frightened of, of oh, 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 they call me this, they call me the other. But sometimes we need to hear what the enemy says. So, so Gideon comes in. And, and again, by, again, by not, not chance, again, by divine plan, Gideon lands at the one tent out of 325,000 where these two men are speaking. And what are they speaking about? I had a dream. I had a dream that there was, that, that there was a loaf of bread that, that, that rolled down the hill. And now this is Gideon who in his heart still believed that he was the smallest of the smallest family in the smallest tribe, blah, blah, blah. He goes and he hears someone from somewhere else speaking about him. Speaking about what God has said about him. And so sometimes, sometimes people might say to you, oh, you're just a holy Joe. Oh, you just think you're different. Oh, you just think you're that. It's not because they're trying to hurt you because sometimes they are speaking the truth. Yes, you are holy. Yes, you are set apart. Yes, you are different. Oh, you always want to be different. Yes, you are different. Oh, oh, oh you think you're better than us. Yes, sometimes, sometimes we are. Because this, this, sometimes, this, sometimes God causes the enemy even to encourage us by the words that they think they're speaking to us. And so the Bible says after this, Gideon gets up and he runs away. He, he first worships the Lord and he goes up and he calls those men immediately. Come, 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 let's go. The Lord has given us a strategy. And maybe, I was just speaking, uh, speaking to, to someone very dear to me. And she said, sometimes I don't know what to say. Sometimes I don't have all of the answers. And I want you to know this one thing. Don't worry. The Lord will give you a strategy on the way. The Lord gave David 
a strategy to kill Goliath on the way to the battle. But get yourself to the battle. The Lord will give you the strategy. Don't worry about them. Don't worry. Now, remember, remember, yeah, we've got 301 men going up against 325,000. No strategy that's planned. No one had done that before. They, the Bible doesn't speak of them carrying swords or, or, or weapons of mass destruction. They're just going on the belief that God has gone before them. And sometimes God is calling you and me in, in our school, in our workplace, in our various places to go just with what we have. And what do we have? A message. What's the message? Jesus loves you. What's the message? God is the answer. But, but, but can you theologically explain it? I can't, but this is what I do know. He came into my life and he saved me. What I do know is if you believe on him, you will be saved. Simple message. We don't need to understand. We, we don't need to understand the depths and explain how this happened and how, how all the animals came into the ark. No. We tell them of what he's done. We tell them of what we know. Gideon went there with what they had. What did they have? They simply had a clay vessel. The clay vessel, of course, we know represents the human body. And in that, and, and, and in that clay vessel, there was a torch, which was fire, which was a light. All of us. We are that clay, we are that clay jar. Inside of us is the light of God. But at this stage, that clay jar's role was just to be a clay jar. And sometimes, sometimes our role is just to be a clay jar, just to carry the presence of God wherever we go, that that light doesn't go out. But I want you to know that God has a greater mission than just that. Not just to carry his presence there, but to reveal his true majesty as well. So along with them, they've got a trumpet. The trumpet, of course, symbolizing praise, symbolizing worship. There's, there's many times, there's, there's many times there where the, there's many examples, different scriptures in which the trumpet is used. The trumpet is blown to signal the beginning of the reign of a king, Psalm 98. Uh, the trumpet and the blast of the ram's horn, shout for joy for the Lord is your king. Uh, the trumpet is a call to repentance. Sometimes, sometimes you might be called to, 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 to friends of yours and mine who might have gone the wrong way. Who've backslidden, who've gone, and the Lord is calling you and me, saying, Sound that trumpet, tell them to repent. Speak up. Speak up on my behalf that they might know. Sometimes that trumpet that He's calling us to do is to be a watchman, to tell someone, tell, tell those people, Don't go there. That's not right. If, if you do that, if the Bible says the soul that sins will surely die, warn them. Sometimes, sometimes the Lord is calling us to be a watchman in our family. Maybe you see someone who's going astray. The Lord is saying, blow that trumpet. Tell them, don't do it. And the Bible speaks in Ezekiel. It says that, that, that when the trumpet is blown, if, 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 if someone sees uh, the enemy coming along and, and you blow the trumpet and, and, uh, and, and the people hear the tr- response, they will flee. But if, 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 they hear the res- if they hear the response and don't flee and die and, and fall as a result of it, the, the blood is not upon our hands. Now, the, 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 the thing is, even as we bring in, even as we're sounding that warning, sound that alarm, we have to let them know. We can't watch people go to a Christless eternity uh, just like that, willy-nilly, just for the sake of us being too shy to speak up, being too nervous to speak. Oh, I can't say that uh, because of this or because of the other. We, we heard it here on Sunday. God would rather have them go broken into heaven than whole into hell. Please, folks, 
the Lord has called you and me and has put us there and he's given us a, trunk, a, a trumpet, he's put us in situations, whether it be family members, whether it be groups. I, I know myself, I'm in a tennis club or squash club, wherever, he's placed me there to be a trumpet, to blow and to be effective for him. We cannot, we cannot let them die and go to a Christless eternity. We have to blow that trumpet. And sometimes in our personal, in our personal situations, that trumpet is praise. That trumpet is worship. That trumpet is when things, are, when, when, when things are all around me and I feel overwhelmed. That trumpet is that cry unto God, Lord, you are worthy, you, Lord, you are excellent. And you begin to exalt him again. And even as you begin to raise that trumpet, all of a sudden, your, your, your room, your life begins to fill with the victory of God. Because now, with thankfulness, as we heard, and I was, I was so encouraged, even by what you shared there, Pastor Nick, even as we begin to raise that thankfulness, thanks unto God, we begin to see his hand in everything. All of a sudden, the heartbeat that we have, the air that we have in our lungs is a gift. It's no longer just, it's no longer just a biological function. And so we are called to blow that trumpet in, in, in the various different spheres that the trumpet represents. So Gideon gives them, it gives them a, clear, a clear message. Blow the trumpet. The next thing you do is that clay jar, break it. Reveal the light that's inside. And then shout unto God. I looked at that and, and, and I, was, I, I was so, so captured at the thought that the clay jar, which is our life, has both a natural function and a supernatural function. The natural function is to conceal and to carry the glory of God. And the supernatural function is to release that majesty and that grace. The difference is this. All of us, all of us who are born again in the spirit of God, we, we carry and we take that presence of God with us wherever we go. But God is calling us into, I believe, an even greater dimension in which through him breaking us, through the breaking, that now all of a sudden the clay vessel becomes that thing which now expands and reveals the majesty of God. Because I, I want you to picture this. These guys are located at different places surrounding the enemy. It's black on the outside. And this clay jar, which is doing a great job in the beginning to conceal that light, had to be broken. And even as it was broken, there was a sound that came from the collective breaking that struck terror into the hearts of the enemy. But it had to come from the breaking. Sometimes you and me, we go through things that break us. And it changes our natural use. But God wants to break that natural use and bring us into a supernatural use. Don't be scared of the breaking of God. Don't be scared. Because even that sound of you breaking, that sound of you crying out, oh, this, that hurts, oh, I can't do it anymore, even that begins to strike terror into the hearts of the enemy. I think of the, I, I, I think of the Aztec people, the Aztec people, they, they, they carried, they carried a, a, a small device that was about this size, and whenever they went, into, when they went into battle, they would blow into this thing, and this thing made the most horrific sound that there ever was. But it struck terror into the hearts of the enemy. And even as those clay jars were all broken, and next thing, out came this fantastic light. 
And when the enemies, when the, when the enemies looked about and there was, there was a sound of the trumpet first and there was a sound of the breaking, there was a fantastic light, there was this big shout for God and for Gideon. All of a sudden, confusion came amongst the ranks of the enemies. The Bible says that they turned on each other and began to kill them. But I, but I just couldn't get over the fact of the clay jar. How the moment it broke, everything about it changed. It could no longer be put back together again in the way that it once was. And God is looking to break. He's looking to break you and to break me. Not for the sake of breaking us. Not for the sake of destroying us. But for the sake of revealing the true majesty. The true power of God. The true greatness of him. Yes, it's wonderful being carriers of his presence. But how much better to be broken and have his true majesty revealed through us. And saying, Lord, yes, I appreciate the fact that, Lord, you have me here in this place to do this thing. But, Lord, can you do more with me, please? Lord, can you break me, please? Lord, can you break me? Can you, because as you begin to break me, Lord, all of a sudden your majesty is no longer contained by me. It's no longer confined by me. It's no longer limited by, by, by how much I can bear. But now the, the, the true grandiosity of, of God is revealed. And this is what he's looking for in our workplaces. This is what he's looking for in our homes, in our families, in our nation. And I believe, I believe, I believe even, if, even in the days that are to come, the church of God will shine and God is looking to establish his majesty throughout the earth. Again, a wonderful testimony, a wonderful example of his power. But it comes with breaking. Do not despise the breaking of the Lord. Don't fight to save the clay jar. Let it go. And even as we begin to let it go, his majesty comes out. I think again, I, I, I think again now of, I think again of another example of this wonderful blowing of the trumpet. We think of, we think of, the, we think of the children of Israel walking around Jericho. And on that seventh day, the seventh time going around, it was a trumpet sound. And what happened? The walls came down. And even as we begin to lift our praise unto him, what's going to happen? The walls will come down. Our families will be saved. Our nation will be saved. The things that we thought were impossible will be done. Why? Simply because of God's faithfulness. So Andy, but Andy, what about the personal application? Maybe you're in that place where depression has you or maybe something has you and it seems like there's no way out. And of course, of, of course we, know that the, we know the enemy is that great liar who will tell us this is with you forever. This is, I have you now forever. Don't worry. As soon as you get out the door, I'll be waiting for you. Has anyone heard those lies from the enemy before? I want, you to know, I want you to know that the victory shout that the Lord has placed inside of you will give you an overwhelming victory over and over and over again. Why? Because who's won the victory? Jesus has. Jesus has won the victory. And what has he done? He's given it to us. He says, now take it and utilize it. Now take it and walk in it. Now take it and walk in it. And even as... Even as that clay pot can never be put together again, just like Humpty Dumpty, our old ways can never be put back in our hearts and in our lives because now we belong to Jesus. And now his glory is released. Now his majesty is released. The scripture speaks clearly and says that, that, that the treasure is hidden within the earthen vessel. And once that earthen vessel is broken, out comes the treasure.
As soon as the jar was broken, the light within was revealed to its fullest extent. The light inside of you and inside of me is designed to startle and terrify the enemy. The light is designed to lead others to itself. The light and its power and terror was hidden in the clay jar. The clay jars were only made to conceal for a moment. I like that. I like that line there. That we are called only to be concealers of the glory of God only for a moment. Our true purpose is to release it and to be broken. Don't be content, please, Christian, please. Don't be content to just be that quiet Christian in the corner. Let's begin to ask him and desire, Lord, break through in me. Lord, break through in me. Lord, break through in me. Don't be that one who you serve in the Lord for. You serve the Lord for ages and no one at work knows that you're a Christian. No one at work knows what you stand for. No one at school knows what you stand for. Please, the Lord has placed you and I in these places. I, I, I know what I'm talking about. I played on a rugby team and I was, I was like that. A silent, silent, uh, a silent disciple. And I say, Lord, please help me. Help me. And slowly but surely that job begin to break. I look back at that person then who was just a concealer of his glory. And now I see he's, he's done something different. Yeah. And I believe he wants to do it in all of us. He wants to do it in all of us. So yes, we're designed to carry and be concealers of his glory, but only for a moment. Our true purpose is in the breaking. The true glory is even as his majesty is revealed. In conclusion, (laughs) I have it written down there quite, quite structured anyway. In conclusion, we are called for a time just like this. We are called for a time like this. Paul is not here. We are. We are called for this generation. We are called for this city, for this country, for this family, for this group. We are called. Every one of us has a responsibility. We are born again in the spirit of God. We are called for a time like this. We've been qualified by God. Remember Gideon, Gideon was hiding out when he was called and told that the Lord has him, has a job for him to do. You might be hiding out. You are qualified by God. He's the one who's called you. He's the one who's qualified you to be where you are so that he can use you for his glory. Face, facing a situation that God has given us the victory already. The things, the things we are going to go into, the things you are going to go into, the Lord has already given you the victory. Can I get an Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm looking out and I'm seeing serious faces because I know that this is a serious truth. The Lord has already given us victory. Before he takes us there, he's given us the victory. Before Gideon went down and found out what he knew that excited him, the Lord had already given him the victory. Before we go into what is, what is to come upon the church, I want you to know the Lord has already given us the victory. He's already equipped us and he's made us ready. And on the day, I can guarantee you this one thing, you will stand and I will stand. None of us will be found uh, naked before him, but he will stand and he will equip us. We are called into a battle that God has already given us the victory for. Don't be intimidated by their numbers. Don't be intimidated by the noise that they make. Please, 
please. Because, you know, I, 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 saw, this, I, I saw this clip and it really, really caught me. This, this lion was being backed up by this group of Cape buffaloes. And these Cape buffaloes were going to kill this lion. The lion sat down like this and made itself as big as it possibly could be and opened its mouth as wide as it could possibly make itself. Why? Because it knew its end was near. And sometimes we come up against the enemy that tries and flex its muscles and be and, make, and shout as loud as it can. Why? Because it knows it's defeated. There's no situation that you and I are going into in the name of Jesus that he has called us to and where he's placed us that is greater than what the Lord can do. We have to take that in our hearts. Don't be intimidated by the roar and the noise of the devil. He's a defeated foe. It will get dark. It will at times appear to be overwhelming. We will appear to be outnumbered. The noises we will hear, the shouts we will hear, it will appear like we're outnumbered. They might even go so far as to say, where's your God now? They might get courageous like that, but as long as we have Jesus with us, we are in the majority. We may be numerically overwhelmed, but with Jesus, we have more than enough. 300 men saw 325,000 vanquished. We might be outnumbered, but we are not overwhelmed. The Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. Now, I'm, I'm normally a little bit uh, more animated in this, but I know, I know that, the, that the truth speaks for itself here. And these are some truths that, that I believe, no, no matter what circumstance or situation we are in, this, these, these are things that will anchor us and keep us. It, it, it will keep our feet grounded. It, it will keep us trusting and looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The Lord is calling us to blow the trumpet of praise, to blow the trumpet of warning. Uh, at the trumpet of calling a solemn assembly, uh, at the trumpet of a call to repentance, uh, a trumpet in which we, we call men and women back to the hearts of God, a call of reminding people that Jesus is coming back again. I'm, 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 not, quite sure. I'm, I'm not quite sure where he has you, but I know, I know there's a trumpet for you, and, for you and me to blow. If you're among Christians, there's, if, if when you're among Christians, there's, there's a trumpet of encouragement, the Lord is with us. If you're amongst unbelievers, there's a trumpet, come to Jesus. If, 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 if you're amongst the sick, there's a trumpet that says the Lord is able, he will heal you. Yeah. What is that trumpet? Is that trumpet is operating and moving in faith. Based on what? Based upon the word of God. Yeah. Why? Because the word of God is true. Yeah. And sometimes that's what people need to hear. They need to hear the rallying call of his word. If someone is sick, you go visit them. Take your Bible with you. Remind them again of what the word says. That the Lord, I'm the Lord who healeth you. Though you go to the fire, I'm with you. You, you. Though you go to the waters, you will not be drowned because they'll never leave you nor forsake you. And then pray in the name of Jesus. And guess, guess, guess what you've just done? You've just blown the trumpet. You've just blown the trumpet. What about your neighbor next door telling you, oh, things are bad? Or, or, but let's pray. In the name of Jesus, what are you doing? You're blowing the trumpet. And the name of God has been magnified. And guess what? You might think it's the simplest of things, but pray. Because when the answer comes, who are they going to give glory to? God. Not to you, not to me. Because he is faithful. This is the call for us as Christians. 
to blow that trumpet in. Blow that trumpet. Blow it. Blow it. Please, folks, again, if, 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 we see, if you, you, see a young, you see a young person going astray or whatever, call him aside. Call, call him aside. Tell him. Tell him they're doing the wrong thing. Tell him. Don't stand back and watch. That's the worst thing you could possibly do. Blow that trumpet in Zion. Blow it. He's calling us to blow the trumpet in the dark when circumstances are at their worst. He's not, he's not looking for us to put... Oh. He's calling us... Oh, Jesus, I need these glasses. <laughs> he's calling us to blow the, this... Oh, yes. He's calling us to blow this trumpet in the dark when circumstances are at their worst and not waiting until things are right. Blow the trumpet in the dark. Don't wait until bright days. I'll tell you why, Christian. Because when we come back to them in bright days, they're going to say, where were you when it was dark? When, when, when people are, when God has healed them and brought them out, they're going to say, where were you when I needed you? So let's be those who are there in the midst of the battle. Let's be those who are there, who are facing, who are facing the enemy head on. Why? Because the light of Christ is in us. Why? Because the victory of God is ours. Do it there and then. Don't wait until everything is fine. Do it right there in the storm. Even if fearful, still blow it. That's the best part. I like that. Even if you're fearful, still do it. Maybe the Lord has called you to tell someone something. Even if you're shaking doing it, do it. And let the Holy Spirit, let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. Don't wait until the moment where you're so, um, I'm full of myself, I can't do it. No, God wants that brokenness. We think of Gideon. Gideon, Gideon went, the, the, Gideon's first task that the Lord gives him. He says, go and take down, go and break down the altars that your father has. The Bible says, because Gideon was scared, he did it at night. But he still did it. And you might be frightened, you might be terrified, you might be getting your words all mixed up. Still do it in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen? We're going to be those who operate in the day, in the night, whenever. When the Holy Spirit says go, we go. Lord, Lord, I don't know, how, I don't know what I'm going to say. He says, I'll, say, I'll, I'll speak through you. Lord, I don't know. Lord, they're Ukrainian. I don't know what to do. Just go and give them a handshake. Lord, I don't speak the language. Go by faith. If he's called you to do it, he's going to equip you. He will do whatever he has to do because he is faithful. But blow the trumpet. Don't be content to be silent and, and look for excuses. Amen. To break our jars of clay is to lay down our lives before God for him to do with them as he will. Now this part is a little bit, is, is a little bit, it's a little bit difficult. And usually, usually when it comes to, to this part, I stop talking about us and talk about me. So this is now for you to lay down your life before the Lord. I can't do it on your behalf. We have to lay down our own lives individually before him. And this is the call of the Holy Spirit. Saying, yes, Andy, Lord. I'm putting this jar in front of you. You break it and do it as you will. And I believe, this, I believe the Holy Spirit wants you to lay down your own life before him. As a young man, I remember as a young man praying and doing things so zealously, 
Everything was us, 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 we, 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 we. But as I've gotten a bit older, I begin to realize that there are some things that are personal. There are some calls that God is going to take you and me into that unless we do it on our own, we will fall short on the journey. And please go into these things with your eyes open and know that wherever the Lord is calling you into, you say, Lord, I'm coming in voluntarily and I'm here for the long haul. If no one comes with me, Lord, still we're going. Because this is the call of the Holy Spirit, I believe. He's bringing us into a time, into a time where he wants his light to shine so bright through us. So bright. So bright through us. But that entire jar of clay needs to be surrendered before him so he can smash it. So he can break it and let his light come through. Amen. As he breaks the jars, the majesty of his power is revealed in and through us. Again, this comes after surrender, then his majesty and power is revealed. As we declare the truth of his word, of his love, and of his wonderful son, Jesus. We will see God do supernatural things in this age in our families, in our situations, and in our world. I believe that. I believe God wants to do it. And most importantly, God wants our eyes to see it. Whenever I, whenever I think of that line, my eyes shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I remember standing, and standing in my house one day and singing a song. And, and even as I was singing it, one of the lines, at the time I was nearly blind as a bat, Riddled with cataracts. And even as I was singing it, the words came out, my eyes will see. You will raise the dead. And for me, it seemed as if it was even easier for God to raise the dead than for him to cause me to see clearly. I remember sitting in a prayer meeting one day when our brother Joe and our sister Chris came and said, Andy, sit down. They put me down on a chair. They laid hands on me in the name of Jesus. I believe, I believe that was them blowing the trumpet in Zion. And I remember, I'll remember clearly, and I'll say it to this day, even as they were praying, in my heart I was laughing. I was saying, wow, this is courageous of them. Because even in my unbelief, next day, sorry, that was Thursday, Monday, the lady called me from the hospital, Mr. Finn. Um, your name has landed on our desk. I wonder, can we... Can we deal with your case? Yes, two, three weeks later, cataract operation. Now I'm seeing clearly. And I remember the day that two people blew, down the, blew the trumpet down there. They operated out of faith in the name of Jesus in response to what the Holy Spirit did. They came and in spite of unbelief, still God did what God did for his glory and for his namesake. And God wants to use you, me, every single one of us just like that as we act in obedience with his word. Why? Because there's no great people. There's only a great savior. There's a great champion. But, but don't allow disobedience and a desire to keep. I want to keep my jaw. I want to keep my dignity. I want to keep my shape. Don't allow that to stand in the way of what God wants to do. He's calling us to blow that trumpet. And the last line says that this applies on every level. In big matters, in small matters. And in intermediate matters, blow that trumpet. Act on behalf of the Lord. Yield your life to him. 
and you will see a phenomenal victory. You will see him move. You will see his glory revealed in every situation, in every circumstance, beyond measure, beyond measure. Don't hold on to, don't hold on to that clay form. Don't hold on to that form. Let it break before him. And he will do as only he can do. Let's just pray. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for, for this which you've spoken. Lord, I'm encouraged even in my own heart, oh Lord, again, to remember your goodness and your greatness, Lord. I pray, Lord, even for your people who have heard, Lord, I ask that in Jesus' name. Lord, for those of God who are, who, who are challenged, for those who are touched, oh God, I pray that, Lord, you will perfect your will and perfect your way, please, in their hearts, Lord, I ask in Jesus' name. Lord, do with us greater things than, greater things than we could ever imagine, I pray. For the glory of your name, O oh God. Use us, O oh God, as those faceless men. O oh God, that we will just be one of those who believed, Lord. O oh God, we'll be those, O oh God, who, who will just be that clay jar that is laying in pieces as the glory of God shines through. We pray in the name of Jesus. So God, that the name of Jesus will be exalted higher and higher in our families, in our communities, in our schools, oh God, in our workplaces, in our city, in our nation, and throughout the earth, we ask, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Use us for your glory, please, Lord. Use us for your glory. Use us for your glory, Lord, we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. And there's just one more trumpet that is yet to come. The Bible says that the trumpet will sound and our king will come back again. Amen. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.